1: is straight fire with jason
0: mcintyre
3: what is up straight fire fam it's me jason mcintyre straight fire for monday july 24th the month is nearly over i got my kids asking me dad how much much how much longer is left in summer and i feel like summer's flying by july 4th is usually the midway point i was out of town for july 4th first time in a while and now here we are like the end of July. Women's World Cup is starting to chew into uh summer. Uh, MLB trade talks allegedly heating up. And uh oh by the way, this comet named Lionel Messi hit the American Soccer League MLS over the weekend. Oh my gosh. Um, before we get to that, um, the, the 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 running backs around the NFL set up a Zoom conference call to to deal with what's happening in the NFL. A little silly, but we'll get into that. Um and and uh we got some interesting stuff coming this week. I do quickly want to start um so you guys know my men's league for basketball. Um we've expanded the roster a little bit because it's summer, you guys are traveling and I had a funny moment this weekend. So we, we've had like soft numbers the last couple of weeks. People are traveling. And so this week, a lot of guys were able to show we had 10 guys. So it was like clunky a little bit. And then we ended up blowing out the third place team. We won by like 30. But midway through the game, and these guys are definitely fans of the herd. And oh, by the way, they listen to the podcast. So I know they're tuning in. Uh, <laughs> one of the guys, at the end of the last time we beat him, he's like, we are playing like the Minnesota Timberwolves right now. And I just start cracking up on the court. So anyways, he's coming up to me in the game. He's like, Jade, you, you like that move? I was like, that was a nice move. You know, you're, you're down 25. And he's like, yo, maybe I tag you. I slide into the DMs and you pop it online. And I looked at him. I'm like, dude, are you serious? He was mostly joking, but also serious. And it's just like the, the response has been overwhelming to podcast listeners, watchers of the herd. Oh, by the way, I am hosting the herd Today. Tuesday and Wednesday while Cowherd's out on vacation. I am going to have so much fun. And I actually am going to talk about Lionel Messi here for a sec. I know not everybody loves soccer, but think for a second. I want you guys to transport yourself back to when you were like eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 in your basement playing on the Nerf hoop. I know you did this because I did it. I know all of you did this. Or you're on your driveway shooting buckets or in your backyard, wherever you had a hoop, and you're counting down five, four, you're dribbling between your legs and you're jacking a prayer. And if it misses, you just, like, get the rebound and start over. Four, McIntyre, three. And you're chucking. And eventually you'll make one. Oh, the crowd goes. And you're. these are the moments you soak up in sports. You want to be the hero where the adulation is all showered upon you. And I'll, I'll never forget, I've mentioned this several times on social media, one of my favorite buzzer beaters ever in sports. And there's a million, so it's tough to sift through. But one that really was memorable. Dwayne Wayne gets a rebound at home dribbles up, like, looks at the clock, shoots a half, like, inside between the half-court line and the three-point line, and he buries a three to win the game at home. Crowd's going wild. He he does, like, the airplane thing and then jumps on the scorer's table and is pointing, this is my house! This is my And, and, and I think that's maybe my favorite celebration ever. And it's just, like, that is everything about sports. That's why we love sports. Those moments. And, folks, when Lionel Messi... Played for Miami on Friday night. I'm toggling between Women's World Cup, uh, USA, Vietnam. USA did not look great. They dominated. I think I saw shots on goal were 23-0. They did dominate, but not finishing a lot. Um, And so I'm going back to the Messi game. uh, uh, Inter-Miami against Cruz Azul, uh, Liga's Cup. Messi comes on about the 50th minute. LeBron is taking photos. Kim Kardashian. It was like a scene in Miami. Fort Lauderdale, technically. We had the guest on Friday. He was like, oh, I don't think Messi's going to score. Messi had some dynamic moments. And then, of course, you know, it reaches the denouement. Messi fouled right outside the box. He sold it well. And then Messi lines up the free kick. And I'm telling my kids, like, I got the kids. I'm like, guys, come on. This is the, this is the stuff dreams are made of right here. Messi's lighting up for the free kick in the 93rd-minute tie game. And I'm transported back to my basement shooting on the nerf hoop. And even, like, it wasn't exactly the same. You can't do the same with football because it's tough. You need the quarterback to throw you the ball. Like, maybe your brother could chuck you balls and you catch for the game winning touchdown. Baseball, you, you know, you could maybe throw it up to yourself and just crush it over the fence. I've done that. But soccer, you can do it with a kick. And Messi lines up the free kick. And I mean, folks, it was one of those moments. Even if you don't love soccer, Messi scores. And it's like, this is a storybook moment. It, uh, you know, I start going crazy running around the house. Oh my gosh, are you kidding? The kids are freaking out. Like, how is this real? Did this really just happen? Messi's first game for the last place team in the league. He comes on and drills a shot, a free kick, top shelf, out of the reach of the goalie. I mean, game winner. And he's running around. It's just bedlam and chaos. If you haven't heard the announcer on, um, I think it's Univision, he is just yelling. He's just like indiscriminately yelling words like, oh my, I don't even know what the words were. Just screaming. And Messi's running around. Everybody's chasing him. Folks, listen. You think of the essence of sports and, you know, like the Joe Carter walk-off home run in the World Series where, you know, surrounding the bases, Toronto wins the World Series. Um, Damian Lillard with his shot and then the bye-bye. Um, there's There's been a lot of great moments. And I know this was just a Liga's Cup group game. Um, but, man, this was, for me, this moment was just like, that's something I don't think you'll ever forget. I'll be on my deathbed at 91, 97, whatever the age is. And I'll be like, that messy goal was sick. Do you remember running around? Like, it was just one of those moments, man. I, I don't know. That was, for me, the highlight of my weekend. Um, if you notice, I had been hyping tennis recently. And uh, <laughs> first time playing doubles in tennis in a tournament
0: did not go well. Didn't go well.
3: We're just not going to talk about it. We're going to pretend it did not happen. We're going to move
0: on to the NFL. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue.
1: TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
2: NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
4: podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: There was a secret, although it was not so secret, a Zoom conference call among all the running backs or many of the running backs in the league. Now, a lot of the centers on the Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs stuff, but remember, these are two important numbers. Aaron Jones took a pay cut to stay in Green Bay. Joe Mixon took a pay cut to stay in Cincinnati. I think Mixon took a $5 million pay cut. And Miles Sanders, coming off the best season of his career, outstanding numbers, signed like a three-year $12 million deal to go to, I think it's Charlotte. Three years, $12 bucks For a guy who's coming off a great season, they just went to the Super Bowl. It's like, you know, Running back situation is bleak. And the running backs are trying to get together. And, you know, I, I don't know what their game plan is, but they want to battle and push back to save their position. Nick Chubb, who is getting paid handsomely, handsomely as he should in Cleveland because he's one of the elite running backs. Um, by the way, there's an out in his contract after the season. Nick Chubb, <laughs> you know, good luck. Here's Nick Chubb on the conference call. There's really nothing we can do. We're kind of handcuffed with the situation, but I took from it. McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, and Saquon, a lot of good points. But the biggest thing is we're in a position where our production hurts us the most. If we go out there and run for 2,000 yards with so many carries the next year, they're going to say, you're probably worn down. That's the biggest thing I took from it. It's tough. It hurts us to go out there and do good. That obviously is a very bad situation. You're being penalized from being the bell cow and carrying the team. The win is, don't carry the ball as many times. That's the job. The job description is, take the ball, run it in the line of scrimmage, jet jet sweeps, go wide, inside handoffs, everything. Bottom line is, you want to carry the football, gain yards, and then you're supposed to get a big contract. But that's not how the position works. And again, listen, I feel awful for these guys. Um, But as others have pointed out, the union for the NFL, is the weakest. Uh, When you look at MLB, NBA, the union for the NFL is the worst. And, you know, they don't have guarantee contracts. It feels like it's every man for themselves. And, you know, like, Nick Chubb can get on the call and be like, you know, I'm making a lot of money this year. Sorry, guys. And then next year, he could be one of these guys getting the short end of the stick. Um, It's funny. We don't even hear about Kareem Hunt or Zeke Elliott. Like, what do they got cooking? Who knows? Sadly... Dalvin Cook, like, he's in that same boat. Like, do they need someone to get injured for them to get on the field? And it just doesn't look good. I, I know this topic is, is kind of getting worn out and people are annoyed with it. But the reality is, like, it's a thing. I don't know how it affects, like, an Austin Eckler going forward because he's a little different and he's, like, a, a big receiving back. But, yeah, if I'm a running back in high school or I'm a running back in college, I start to think, well, shucks, it would be foolish of me to go to the NFL. I almost would be better served to stay in college and try to collect as much NIL money as I can. Cause guess what? In college, they love you for carrying the ball. Michigan's got two damn good running backs this year. One of them could go on to the NFL. He's stuck around. Imagine if he can clear a million in NIL money, you know, second contract might not get that. So Rob, I don't know. I, I feel bad for these guys. I don't have a solution. I don't think there's an easy solution. I don't anticipate them all going on strike. Hey, man, power in numbers. If all of us strike, like these guys got to put food on the table for their families, you know? It's a tough spot, Robin. You know, frankly, I don't have an answer for them. Somebody much smarter than me is going to have to say, hey, running backs, here's what you got to do.
5: Yeah, it's definitely not a black and white situation. Um, But as far as Nick Chubb goes, there's two things that I latched onto. Number one, he says right now, there's nothing we can do which even though it sounds defeatist is a thousand percent accurate because of the current CBA, they are locked in for seven more years. There is zero chance you're going to be able to make an amendment to the CBA to appease just one small portion of the NFL family. You're not going to go ahead and, and have a huge strike just to appease running backs. Like that's not. It's got to be everybody. That's not going to happen. But the other part that I latched onto, which you didn't even mention because it's way down at the b- end of the story that they kind of buried it. They asked him about Saquon and he says, I know it can be me one day and I'm just kind of playing both sides. I'm here for my team, but I'm also understanding the situation that I could be in. And that to me plays to exactly what you said a minute ago. This is the problem in today's NFL. You are never going to get guaranteed contracts. You are never going to get good health care when you retirement, you are never going to get a quality pension fund that you see in the NBA and the major league baseball, unless you're willing to do something extreme. And these players, because they understand the position that they're in, they're easily replaceable. One thing that was mentioned in the meeting was, hey, if we hold out and we don't play, then one issue is that leads an undrafted guy or a late round guy to come in and he balls out and suddenly we lose all our leverage. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, kind of an issue right there in itself. But unless somebody is willing to be extreme or in this case, a group of people are willing to take a stand and risk their careers and risk their own livelihood, it's never going to change. It's one of the reasons why, we talked about this years ago, I was so frustrated with the way Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes operate their contracts because if the guys who truly have leverage, like Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, if you're in a running back situation, Derek Henry, if you're in a situation where you can ask for everything, Not just the most guaranteed, not just the most years, not just the most average annual value. But if you can say, I want three years, 150 million all guaranteed, I want a full no trade clause, I want whatever, pick everything that you want until the guys who fully have leverage actually have leverage actually use it. This is going to keep happening. You're just going to keep kicking the can down the road. And so because these current players have consistently conceded on dumb shit like we don't want to get tested for weed. We want less padded practices. That's why they're getting nickel and dime they're they're accepting these nickel and dime, you know, concessions while not keeping an eye on the big dollar things, yeah. such as guaranteed money, eliminating the franchise tag and things like that.
3: Yeah, one one thing that I think they don't really understand is that we're all replaceable. Listen, I like to think, hey man, I've been on the herd. We set records January through July. Or sorry, through June. First six months of the year, set records for viewership on FS1 on the show. And I think, oh, I'm I'm bulletproof, yo. We're, we're crushing it. We're dominating. I can't start to all of a sudden act a fool and say, I'm going to hold out. I need more money because we're setting records. Like It doesn't work like that. They'll look at me and say, hey, man, we get it. You don't want to do it. There's 50 million other guys willing to fill that role. And just like you said, there's probably – at least a hundred guys who either played college or playing uh, semi-professionally somewhere who would more than gladly try to jump in and fill the role of the running back. And listen, let's be real: it, uh, <laughs> running back is not like uh, left tackle or quarterback. Or you're not the captain of the defense where it's hey, you got to dig into that playbook and know all the calls and everything. You're running back. Like I'm not devaluing the position. That's just the reality. It is kind of a plug-and-play spot. Um. I do want to drill down on one thing, though. I don't know if you saw this, Rob. So Xavier McKinney is this, is the defensive back from Alabama who's on the Giants. And he was asked about the Saquon Barkley situation. And, uh, again, I know I'm, people think I'm picking on the Giants because I'm a Jets guy. Just hear what I say. Xavier McKinney on Saquon Barkley. I've talked to him, and regardless of any decision that he makes, whether he's there or whether he's not there, I respect it 100%. I'm behind him 100%. I would have no feelings, no nothing towards him, whatever decision he decides. Essentially, Xavier McKinney is saying, we're all with him. We respect him. If he doesn't want to go to camp, I get it. Now, that to me is significant. And I I know people don't want to believe that the Daniel Jones contract is really driving a wedge in that locker room, but the players understand Barkley's value to the team. They, they definitely do. I, I know the Giants fans don't. They think, oh, Daniel Jones, hey, him and Dayball, crushing. Without Saquon, this is a six or seven win team. They're not a playoff team. And I think the players saw what Daniel Jones got and outside of his wide receiver room. My guess, just a guess, would be that most of the New York Giants feel that Saquon got screwed. And they paid Daniel Jones way too much money He got way too much guaranteed money and Saquon is more important to that team than Daniel Jones. If you're asking me to rank who matters most on that team, Brian Dable, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones. Now you could throw in, you know, um, some of the the defenders are integral and, you know, the offensive line, obviously, but Dable made Jones. Saquon is a massive, massive stud. And if he's healthy, that team's in great shape. If he's not, Daniel Jones ain't carrying him anywhere. So, I, I don't know, Rob, This the McKinney quotes, you just read them and you're like, wow. Sure sure as hell sounds like that locker room is riding with Saquon. No mention of Daniel Jones, except for his receivers caping up for his low Madden score, which you'd expect. Hey, throw me the damn ball.
5: Well, it's funny that you mention that because when Darius Slayton, who who caped up for his guy and his Madden rating, and it got picked up by a few outlets, notably Pro Football Focus, where you know he says... LOL, Daniel Jones is 75. Count your days, Madden developers. I'll find you. You'll answer for your sins against humanity. I'm sure he was kind of joking. Probably. But, you know, former NFL wide receiver, I think he's with Showtime now, Brandon Marshall retweets it. And he says, tweet that for Saquon, not this meaningless ish. And suddenly that gets almost just as much run as the initial tweet did. Because it it kind of points to what could be considered a bigger issue that you pointed out. Are you sure that everybody in that locker room is happy with Daniel Jones? Are you positive that they're fully on board with their franchise quarterback knowing that because he had to get that deal, which I don't think anybody thinks he actually deserves at this point in his career, but because he got it, that meant that they lost their best player?
3: Uh, Rob, there's a body of work of Daniel Jones. The Giants before last season did not want to pick up his fifth-year option. Like, everybody knows what he is. It's not his one-season wonder with Dable. Like, put it all together. Like, it's uh, uh, Giants fans, I'm not picking
0: on you. This is just the reality. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings.
4: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I'll say this. NFL starting to pick up. I, I could talk about the Jets and how good Aaron uh, Rodgers looked in practice. I see my guy Albert Breer pushing. Boy, Garrett Wilson looks amazing. I mean, you're seeing all these Jets passes. I, I'm going to just dial it back and just try to chill a little bit. Just dial it down to like a, a notch. Yes, I'm excited for the Jets, but um, I'm starved for NBA news, Rob. And we still have nothing on Dame Lillard. I saw Joel Embiid got married over the weekend. I, you know, I, I didn't see the full guest list, but I did not see James Harden in any of the pictures or videos or IG stories. Um, I, I just, I just don't know what's going on there. It feels like the NFL is starting to, you know, go full force, um, and the NBA is officially going to go in hibernation for about a month. Uh, sorry, the NBA is going to go in hibernation for about a month. But um, it's kind of well, disappointing because I do on, miss. Hold on. Oh, okay.
5: I, I think I have something that's right up your alley, actually. Oh, boy. Here we go. Your your guy, Steph Curry, the greatest point guard in NBA oh. history.
3: Okay.
5: He's been doing a media tour to promote his new documentary.
3: Yes.
5: And for the second time in seven months, he left LeBron James off his all-time starting five. Now, when he did it in wow. December, you think, hey, maybe it's just competitive juices flowing. His initial top five was Shaq, Magic, Jordan, Dirk, no, and No, wait, hold on. He, is this top five or
3: starting five?
5: This is his starting five. Okay. Okay. So you're like, all right, well, you know, Steph Curry's in the middle of a season. Him and LeBron are actually jostling for playoff position. You understand that kind of thing, right? Right. Well, when that became a story, you would think that when they asked him again over the weekend in a promotional interview— That he would wise up, you know, and say, hey, I got to include LeBron James. But no, this time he removes himself, I guess, because he wants to be humble. And he says, I've got Shaq, Tim Duncan now instead of Dirk. Magic Johnson's still there. Michael Jordan's still there. And he says, I'm going to put Larry Bird at small forward. Actually, you know, I'm going to take off Larry Bird. Okay, we're going to put LeBron, right? No, he replaces Larry Bird with Kobe Bryant. Wow. So he moved a guy who wasn't even a small forward to small forward ahead of the king." Your thoughts, Jason.
3: Oh, jeez, Curry, what you got to do? You know, is Curry willing to um, be the villain? Is that where he's ready to go? Because they first acquire Chris Paul. I'm assuming they ran that by Curry before pulling the trigger. And now he's taking digs at LeBron. One thing that comes out, Rob, is, you know, Curry, there's all these famous videos and, and um, pictures of him a- alongside his dad, going to NBA games in, you know, the 90s. Dell Curry was with, I believe, the Hornets. And Curry watched a lot of the alleged starting five there. And I say alleged because, like, come on. Like, Shaq, the best center in NBA history? Like, totally dominant. I, I, are we really putting Wilt ahead of Shaq? I, now, this is hypothetical. And I do think a lot of the modern players would roll over the older players. But Wilt versus Shaq is interesting. Like, Shaq was massively powerful. Wasn't Wilt like 7'1", He was a large individual, Rob. I, I, Shaq versus Wilt would be fascinating. Um, I'm sure Shaq would get his, but um, it's weird. I put Russell down a peg. It's not bashing Russell. I just, very limited offensively, I felt Wilt at 7'1", could do whatever he wanted. Russell was like six, nine and a half, which is insane. Um, magic at point guard, I get that. You look a little egotistical. Like, where's the win, Rob? If he just puts himself on the team over Magic Johnson. Curry, oh, he's so arrogant. Oh, my gosh. He's celebrating on the court. And uh, and now he puts himself above Magic. Like, it wouldn't be a great look. Um, Tim Duncan, I totally get. Underrated superstar. I'm surprised no bird. Um, I could not go Kobe at the small forward over LeBron. But Kobe is a safe pick. Rob, is a Laker fan, you know this. You know, R.I.P. Kobe. I was never the massive Kobe fan. Obviously, a really, really good player. A lot of my buddies are huge Kobe fans. I just was never the biggest. Oh my gosh, Kobe Bryant! I got to ride with him, guy. Um, I was kind of a Shaq guy, but let's let's not talk about that. Um, and like nobody's gonna get on your case for talking about Kobe after the tragedy with the helicopter a few years ago. So it's an interesting starting five. I don't I don't think there's anything malicious there. I am. Not totally surprised. Remember, he didn't go with any totally modern players, right? Um, I guess the only guy on that list of modern would be Shaq and Kobe. But other than that, he went with all guys who, you know, played as he was like growing up or in college.
5: Yeah, well, I mean, Tim Duncan, too. I mean, they're, they're, I know people forget that he was part of that that's same right. Shaq-Kobe generation. right, did eliminate
3: them. That, that's a good point. Right.
5: But to me, I love that Steph Curry left LeBron office starting five again for the second time, because even if I disagree with it, like the overall point, the fact remains is it leads credence to the idea that Steph does not hold LeBron in this upper echelon mythical being kind of guy that some younger players do now. And a lot of people in the media do Steph Curry This is me psychoanalyzing him. This is him saying, I don't even think this guy's better than me. I've beat him in the finals head to head three times. I am his peer. He is not somebody who I need to hold in such high regard as if I can never touch him in the same Mm. way that I'm going to view Michael Jordan and Kobe and Duncan and Shaq because I never got to really play against those guys in their prime. So I can only make them mythological uh, creatures. I went toe-to-toe with LeBron, and I was the one who won. I went toe-to-toe with LeBron, and if you went and looked at those 2015 and 2016 rosters, I can make a case that the Cleveland Cavaliers had a better roster, top to bottom, more talent than those Golden State Warriors teams. Mm. The difference was, is that the Golden State Warriors played a good team game, and they played well together, versus the Cleveland Cavaliers, which was a lot of overwhelming you with talent, not necessarily as, as much of a cohesive unit. So... If I'm Steph Curry, and again, even if I disagree with this, but if I'm Steph Curry, hell yeah, I think I'm just as good as LeBron. I, have, I was just as much a part of dominating that decade as he was. He can say that he got to the finals as many times in a row, and that's cool, and that's cute, and everything like that. But you know who is regarded as having the best teams during that era? Me, not him. Mm-hmm. So I'm 1,000% on board with Steph Curry willing to say that, no, LeBron's not all that in a bag of chips? Because if he is, then I am too. So I'm not going to put him on a pedestal like the rest of you well, peons out here.
3: That, that, wow. Okay. <laughs> well, that, that, that begs the question, do, do you have Curry top 10 and where do you have LeBron?
5: I have LeBron two, and I have Curry just outside of the top 10. Like 12, 11. Outside like of the top 10? Yes.
3: Interesting. LeBron uh, just beat Curry this year to make it, I believe, 3-2 to two head-to-head. So 2015, LeBron lost Kevin Love before the finals. Then Kyrie got hurt at the end of game one, I think in overtime. And it right. was basically LeBron against everybody. And um, Curry came out on top. The following year was the Draymond suspension, wackiness, 3-1 comeback. So it's 1-1. Then Curry gets Kevin Durant. Now it's three to one. And yeah, so it's three to two head to head. Huh. And if you're in the LeBron camp, well, Curry was never a finals MVP head to head against LeBron. He was never the best player on the floor. LeBron was. Okay. Is Curry on LeBron's level? I have Curry, I believe, at 10, nine or 10. And LeBron at one, and I know people hate that, and I put it out over the weekend, like when LeBron was at Messi's game and hugged him, I was like, look at that, the greatest basketball player in the history of the sport hugging, the greatest soccer player in the history of the sport, and of course all these Pele, Maradona fans freaked out, and all these Jordan sycophants go crazy. I I don't think it's slander to call Jordan two. I have LeBron one. Um, Just the accomplishments, the still playing, the no retirements, the consecutive trips to the finals. Like I don't. I have. I've been on this since like I think it was since since he came back against the Warriors. I said if he listen, he's leaving Cleveland. If he gets one more in another city, basically anywhere he goes, he gets titles. He goes to Miami, gets titles. Goes back to Cleveland, gets a title. Goes to the Lakers, gets a title. Like that's unbelievable. It truly is. It builds teams everywhere he goes and wins. Um, I wonder what LeBron thinks of this. Can we get him on the pod, Rob? Can you effort that?
5: Uh, <laughs> I'll shoot Rich Paul a text and see what happens.
3: Well, I well I do know that um, you you guys know my son would um, play in this summer basketball league out here when he's not in it this summer. But USC's basketball coach was my son's coach last summer and lives I don't know three blocks from me. And you know I drive by his house often. And he recently had a gathering and Bronny was there and like the whole USC team. And it was, um, you know, I, in my head, I'm like, oh, imagine if LeBron showed up and I happen to drive by and LeBron's outside. I was like, yo, Bronny, uh, let me, let me me holla LeBron real quick. Um, Like I I just, I have so many questions for LeBron because yes, he answers basketball questions. But there's so many questions I have outside of the obvious that he's just not going to answer. But I would love just in a one on one setting to just ask him um, and just get his real thoughts uh, without like a camera in his face, which wouldn't have as much value. But you know what I mean? Anyways. uh, All right, Rob, we've gone long for a Monday morning. Uh, We have a strong guest list so far for this week. NFL camps are happening. I think we're less than two weeks to the Jets Packers season. Not Jets Packers. Who's the Jets opening with, Rob? Oh. Geez. Jets somebody in the Hall I'm not of Fame the game. Jets
5: fan. That should top be something one. you know off the top of your head, man.
3: I should, yeah, but it's preseason. I don't put a lot of stock in that. Uh anyways, all right. Jets we're browns. Back
5: tomorrow. Jets who? Jets
0: Browns. Oh,
3: jeez. Can't wait for that. <laughs> Talk to you
0: tomorrow. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage. And the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire
1: or no warranty coverage at all, listen up.